0: I want to share with you now two readings of scripture, from the book of Psalms and then from the book of Lamentations. I want to read to you first from Psalm Psalm 130, where the psalmist writes these words. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you. So that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. In His word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. More than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For the Lord there is steadfast love. With Him there is great power to redeem. It is He who will redeem Israel from all of its iniquities. Then a reading from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 through 25. Let's go through 26, actually. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Recently, I... went to a concert um, at Dueling Hall in Jackson. I I love music. Um, One of the things that Holly and I talked about, well, I guess she talked about it with me. I don't know, maybe I talked about it more with her than she with me. But one of the things that I took away from COVID was how much I love music how much I love going to live concerts, how much I just, I just love music in all of its forms. I'm lucky to have a musical family. My children both are very talented musically. My wife is very talented musically. I like music. And so I've kind of resolved that if there are concerts around that we can afford to go to that aren't going to blow our budget, then um, I want to go. I like music. I do. It's, it's a life-giving thing to me to List of good music. So, we went recently to see a, a band play at Dueling Hall. And uh, it was a band that I was somewhat familiar with. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I knew all their stuff, but I, I knew who they were. And, and they play the kind of, you know, Americana, Red Dirt Country, whatever music you want to call it, uh, that I love so much. And, um, and, like I said, I knew about them. Um, and they opened up their concert with the song that I'd heard before. You know how it is um, when you hear a song live that you may have liked it before. When you hear it live, it does something to you. They open, open up with a song uh, off an album there called Lamentations. Uh, it's a group called American Aquarium. And they open up with a song called Me and Mine. And it is a song of lament about the destructions of small towns in America, particularly in the South. And it's starkly honest. One of the lines that stuck with me is it says, what do you do when the God you're praying to is up and goes missing? Leaving behind a trail of broken homes, and opioid addictions. That one hit me. What do you do when the guy you're praying to up and goes missing? That line resonated with me. This year's been painful for many of us. In uniquely painful ways. Uh, it's been painful because of things happening in our churches. No matter, no matter what church you find yourself in United you know, Methodist, Southern Baptist, Presbyterian uh, I'm going to reckon your church has had some type of conflict. Maybe you're not religious. Maybe you look across our world that seems to be coming apart at the seams. I I think in many ways our world is still reeling from all that happened with COVID and it left so much despair and anger and hurt there that we're still processing What we've gone through. Maybe you're dealing with family struggles. I'll be honest, I've I've dealt with all three this year, y'all. I've dealt with church conflict. Um, All you have to do is Google United Methodist Church and you'll read about conflict that many of our churches have lived through, how painful that is. You know, as a pastor trying to shepherd his people in the midst of a world that seems to be, like I said, praying, you often feel inadequate to the task, to what to say in the midst of brokenness. And then Holly and I both have been living through family trials. I was thinking, week for tomorrow is Christmas. And it was about a year ago, it was the last time my mom's been able to get out of bed. And I've tried to as often as as often as I can, at least once a week, try to get down and just sit with her. Holly's dealing with some family issues as well. We've all been there, haven't we, y'all? As I tell folks, and folks say, how are you? I'm like, well, it's hard. I said, but if you hadn't been there, you will be one day. I I tell people, I'm I'm a fixer. It's what I'm good at. It's what I'm good at. I'm good at fixing things. I'm good at fixing churches throughout my ministry, good at fixing problems. I'm a fixer. And this year, I've had a ton of problems that I can't fix. And not only can I not fix them, but I'm completely inadequate to even deal with them. There's been times this year when I didn't didn't have words questioned my effectiveness I've struggled felt alone at times felt scared a lot afraid unsure I was having a conversation. Earlier this year with a pastor that I respect, this pastor asked me, "Um, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? And I told this pastor that my fear was Letting the darkness into my soul. Letting the hurt that I I felt, fear. Letting it into my soul. I I didn't want to have that happen. I know how corrosive darkness is. I know how corrosive hurt is. I've felt it before. I don't want to have it happen again. I I don't think naming our hurts and fears fixes them. I don't. In fact, I'm quite confident it doesn't fix them. But what it does is it keeps them in front of us. It keeps us aware of them. Naming these lamentations keeps them from getting inside of us. I think that's why I like the psalm we opened up with. Out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my supplications. Out of the depths, this psalm, it's funny, this song is a song of a which is a psalm which is written as you are on the way to the temple. But yet this psalm is one of, in many ways, despair. Out of the depths, I cry to you. I wait for the soul. My soul waits. On his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. O oh, Israel, hope in the Lord. Out of the depths I cry to you, O oh Lord. O oh Lord, hear my voice. One of the things I've learned to do in my life through some good counseling, some good friends, some good therapists, is to bring into the light the darkness that I fear. It's out of myself and the world around me to just name it, to put it out there to see. Because if we can't cry to God out of the depth we find ourselves in, how small is our God? We serve a God who's big enough to handle our fears and our worries and our doubts. And all that comes around. We serve a God who can handle these things. We serve a God who's with us in these things. We serve a God who loves us in these things. We serve a God who's big. So that's think that the Lamentations passage is so appropriate to follow up with because it tells us this, that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. And the Lord is good for those who wait for him. The soul that seeks him, it is good that we should wait quietly for the salvation of our Lord. Sometimes in our brokenness, there's too much noise. Sometimes in our fear, there's too much noise. Sometimes in our pain, there's too much noise. Sometimes in our loss, there's too much noise. I know so many days I've driven down to Bogota, and I, I, I didn't know what to feel. I didn't know what to feel. I, I didn't know if I should be angry That my mom went from being vibrant and up and moving to bedridden in a two-week period. I didn't know if I should be thankful that I've been fortunate to have had my mom and still have her for 93 years. I don't really have a leg to stand on to complain to her. I didn't know if I should feel exhausted from having to deal with church stuff and family stuff. Just Some days I just drove to Bogota and I cried the whole time because I didn't know what to feel. I didn't know what to feel. So I just sat there. I would just sit there in the ashes. I would sit there in the depths. And I would cry out to God literally. Not metaphorically, y'all. This is not metaphorical crying out to God. But this is Literal crying out to God, like, God, I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not good enough. I, I, I can't, God. And every time this past year, y'all, every time this past year, I felt that way. the Lord would send me an angel. The Bible says entertain, str- entertain uh, strangers because you never know when you're entertaining angels un- unaware. Every time the Lord would send me somebody with a word or a hug or an email or a text or a comment, just give me the encouragement that I needed. There's an entire book in the Bible, y'all, devoted to Lamentations. Entire book. Sometimes we look at the brokenness of the world. Sometimes we look at the brokenness in ourselves, the brokenness in our churches. Our only response is to lament. Her only response is, to, response is to lament. So tonight, sight. If that's where you find yourself, It's okay. It's okay. In fact, not only is it okay, it's good. And it's holy. And it's godly. And it's healing. We have to give ourselves space to lament. We have to give ourselves space to grieve. We have to give ourselves space to be honest and to heal. I love how the crucifixion The resurrection. Seem to have a lot of grief in them, don't they? Obviously the grief of the cross. When you think about Mary going to the tomb, she goes grieving. And she even grieves when she thinks they've stolen the body. Her first reaction to the resurrection isn't, Jesus was right. (laughs) He told us he was going to do it. (laughs) But her first reaction was, oh no, now this. Now they've taken him as well. She had to walk through that valley before she got to resurrection. Tonight, friends, if the only emotion you can muster is grief, our pain, our tears, it's okay. Lamentations reminds, lamentations reminds us that as morning, morning by morning new mercies new we see, that he is our portion and we have hope, that he is good to those who wait for him. It's good to wait for the salvation of the Lord. He's promised us, y'all, that he's good and he's with us, and he's not left us and he will not leave us. We have nothing to fear. but it's okay to sing these lamentations tonight too. It's okay to sing these lamentations. So tonight, if you need to sing a word of lament, if you need to sing a word of grief, if you need to sing a word of pain, our God hears that. Our God is with you in that our God will sit with you in the ashes. He will raise us up on wings of eagles one day. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes one day. But today, if it's where you find yourself, it's okay to sit with the tears. It's okay to sing your lament. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for hearing our lament in the midst of our brokenness. God, to whoever watches this online, no matter how broken they may find themselves, Father, I pray that they can find your peace and your love and your mercy in the midst of their pain. God, as we sing our lamentations, May we find your grace even in this Christmas season. We love you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.